question for you. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. Seem ambivalent today. Um, this is about negotiating. You're a good negotiator. You've, you've... Disagree. All right. Well, here's a question I have. Does, is anyone a good negotiator? So Donald it, Trump. It could be. because he, well, he, he says he is. He seems and to, I believe well, everything he says. Well, regardless of politics, he does seem to have negotiated his way uh, into beating 16 other Republican Absolutely. candidates on minimal amount of money. I don't money. know if that's a negotiation, but... Somehow, he... Like, okay, forget my question. Why the heck <laughs> did Donald Trump, a man with no experience, who seems to piss off... Like, no one admits liking Donald Trump. Somebody must like him because he won the Republican nomination. So, how did he... He, he spent less money than all the other candidates... Uh, how did he? I don't think how this did is he a, win? I don't think this is a hard question at all. Okay. I think a lot of people have, I have jumped no idea. through. I think a lot of people jumped through a lot of hoops trying to. All the people, which is to say, every political pundit who said that Donald Trump had no chance, and then had to reverse themselves. And as we've talked about, I before, being one of them. Yeah, everybody. Look, and the beautiful thing about predicting things like that is. No one ever gets held to their crap predictions, and then they can trumpet their good predictions and pretend that they're smarter than they are. Trumpet was that Ooh, on purpose? Unintentional. <laughs> but um, here's the thing. This is okay. Here's my theory, which is so obvious that everyone should have thought of it. And for those of you who haven't thought of it, I'm sure you would have gotten there eventually. It just further supports the notion that politics, as I've been arguing for a pretty long time, and particularly electoral politics, not governance, but electoral politics, is primarily a sport, a form of entertainment. And so if you happen to be someone who's really good at, I mean, if you want to talk about deliberate practice, Donald Trump has engaged in a lot of deliberate practice in becoming a really good entertainer. That's what he is. All right. You know, both on TV. Wouldn't you argue like someone like Jeb Bush? No, uh, no, because they do it every four years or every six years or maybe every two years. It's what he does. So basically, a political election, especially a kind of wide-open, nationally televised, free media feeding trough onslaught, where the goal is essentially to capture the attention of the media in order to capture the attention of the electorate, all you got to do is be really good at doing that, and that's what he that, and he's really good at that. So I actually so like what's an example where his entertainment ability was able to outshine the other fifteen candidates? I'd say just about every tweet he ever wrote, about every line he ever said at any debate. And I look, you know me, I don't like politics, so I don't pay that much attention to it. But plainly, he's he was playing an entirely different game than everyone else. Right. Everyone else spent all their energy saying, "Hey." He can't play. It's like if you and I sat down to play chess, and instead I used the rules of backgammon, and somehow no one was there to referee and stop me, and I won, and then you say, but wait a minute, we were supposed to be playing chess. And I'd say, I don't know, I saw a board with squares on it, and I decided that uh, that's the way I was going to go. For thousands of years, <laughs> I've been good at backgammon, and people have been playing chess like backgammon. <laughs> so now he says, don't play backgammon. But this is the way we play. I've been doing this forever. Thousands of people have lined up to see me play backgammon. <laughs> that was my Trump impression. I could tell. I could tell, especially with the hand motion, which uh, <laughs> listeners weren't privy to, but uh, they were pretty, uh, you, were, uh, you were being a very, um, you were being very handy. Trump-like. Yeah. 
So not long ago, I heard an interview on Fresh Air with Dave Davies as the interviewer filling in for Terry Gross, interviewing a couple Washington Post guys who'd written a, who've written a book about Trump. I think it's called Trump Revealed. And um, it, it was interesting, and they were, you know, you, you could tell they were trying hard not to pile on, essentially, because that's kind of the, the, the goal of the journalist is to uh, at least, you know, try to play it fairly straight. But one really interesting, um, what seemed to me bias, was in trying to draw a fairly full picture of Trump's business record, which, as we know, a lot of, a lot of uh, critics and journalists have, have attacked from many different angles. One point they made is that, well, he doesn't really build that much anymore. He doesn't really invest that much. No, of, he sells his name. Right. Which is great. That's it, a great that's business ex- model. That's exactly what I thought. I thought, wait a minute. Um, you're talking about... Takes every, no risk. Right. It's a fantastic licensing is like one of the lowest risk, highest profit, highest opportunity business models there's ever been. So in a way, I think if you're against a person or a team, or I have this conversation with my son, Salman, who just turned 16, and he hates Trump. He thinks he's, you know, a horrible, fascist, bigot, loudmouth jerk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He also, my son also thinks the same, he feels as deeply about Real Madrid, the soccer team, because he's a Barcelona fan. And I'm constantly trying to have this conversation with him about how to critique and assess the negatives of a thing, whether it's a person or a team, with a kind of clear eye. But it's really hard because, like, he hates Real Madrid so much because they're the rival of Barca that even if Real Madrid took $5 billion of its own money and spent it on some famine relief, he would find a way to to color that as self-promoting and, you know... But, but here's the question. So, yes, in sports... People love their their teams and they hate the other teams. But in politics, okay, people sort of liked Bill Clinton and they sort of didn't like Bob Dole in in 1996. You know, elections were always kind of like that where you had like two people who were roughly similar and people would edge on the side of one guy. Now people either hate Hillary or they hate Trump. Like they would, they want to go back in time and like, Kill, kill these people as babies. That's how much hate so, there is. So, so I would argue that again, it, I, I don't so disagree, much more anger. It I seems. don't disagree with you, but I would argue that that dynamic is more a symptom of what politics is, what electoral politics is. In other words, you're much more likely to do well in electoral politics if you have a big reputation, a long exposure to the public, because it really is essentially almost a Q rating. It's almost like just, you know, on a gut level, do I want to sit next to this person on the plane or do I not? Do I like this person, right? And so the odds are that you're going to score higher if people are familiar with you, if they if they know your image. It doesn't, you know, fame, there's nothing that says that fame is meant to be only for good <laughs> and honest and hardworking, et cetera, people. In fact, throughout its history, it's quite often the opposite. As you can probably guess, Stephen and I have a lot more to say about this topic right after this quick break. Today's question of the day is sponsored by Wealthfront, an automated investment service that invests your money for you in low-cost, diversified, long-term investment portfolios. Wealthfront offers their clients an automated service to manage their long-term investments using tax-efficient and low-cost investment portfolios. 
Their goal is to use their smarter technology to make it easier for anyone to get access to a sophisticated, diversified long-term investment portfolio without the high fees and account minimums of traditional investing services. Historically, you needed to invest at least $1 million in order to get the attention of a quality financial advisor or wealth management professional and then had to pay at least 1% per year in management fees. Wealthfront automates investment strategies that the ultra-wealthy have access to and deliver them directly to investors at an incredibly low cost. Wealthfront charges no trading commissions and is free for accounts under $10,000. For accounts larger than $10,000, their management fee is only a quarter percent per year. But if you sign up using our promo code, which is QUESTION, they'll raise that threshold to $15,000. Wealthfront also offers direct integrations through their interface with modern money management tools such as Venmo, Redfin, and Coinbase, as well as your bank accounts and other brokerage accounts you may already have with another company. If you are looking for an SEC-registered investment advisor that's more cost-effective than traditional money managers, you should go to Wealthfront.com and let their team help you answer the question, is my portfolio invested the right way? And remember, right now, if you decide to open an account with Wealthfront by going to Wealthfront.com slash question, they'll manage the first $15,000 in your account for free. Fame is a huge component in getting the notoriety to get elected. Why? Because for all the talk about campaign spending, campaign spending is really relatively minuscule. I mean, I mean you, they will spend a billion dollars each candidate. Yeah, and we spend that on chewing gum in probably six months in this country. Okay? So relative to the size of GDP or whatever, campaign spending is really a drop in the bucket. What people totally fail to factor in is the cost of the free media. So let's say Donald Trump ends up spending $2 billion to try to get elected. If you were to extrapolate those dollars per minute spent on the amount of free media, how much free media would he have gotten? A trillion dollars? That's the game that people are missing. And so the fact is, is that you tend to get much higher profile our, our system encourages higher-profile people. And so the fact that you've got a Hillary Clinton who's been in the public eye for whatever, close to 30 years or whatever, and Donald Trump who's been in the public eye for maybe even a little, a little bit longer is not that surprising. And therefore, you're going to have a big backlog of people who already know that person and either like them a fair amount, enough to kind of commit to him, or, as you just said, enough to hate him a lot. So what do you think is going to happen? Who's going to win? I think Hillary wins easily. And I think, I mean, look, you know me. I hate to make any prediction just because I think that humans are arrogant in pretending that they know the future. They say it with all this confidence. And then when things don't turn out their way, all the people who said Trump had 0% chance of even getting the nominee, all those people are going to do somersaults for years to explain why they're really smart, but the reason my prediction turned out to be wrong in this instance was because this changed and that changed. Well, that's what the future is. The future changes. That said, And therefore, I, I almost never predict anything, but that said, I felt for you know many, many, many months, over a year, that Hillary Clinton probably is going to be president. And what would it take now, you think, for Trump to win? Well, I think if he would come well, like, on, like, like, okay, I'm gonna play the devil's advocate. You know, what if the scan? What if? So everybody's got their scandals. Trump's got a bunch of scandals. Hillary's got a bunch of scandals. So it seems like 
which scandals will win first. So she's got the. See, um, I actually disagree entirely with that. I okay. think that's where I think the scandals haven't really moved much much of anybody's needle. Because I mean, that's the point: is tr- Trump's Trump's mouth creates a new scandal every three or four days, right? And it, and it hasn't hurt. And and Hillary Clinton's uh, scandals, whatever. Primarily, I guess, email Benghazi. Yeah, what about how? Oh, her. Well, the latest thing oh, yeah, is was the, he, he keeps saying, I don't care about her tax records. I want her medical mm-hmm, records. Yeah. And she won't give them. So you're asking what could account for, how yeah, could he could, win? Yeah, what could bring Hillary down? What could bring Trump down more? Down or, or, or do you want to know what's, how could the unlikely result happen? Yeah. I think there's only one way for Trump to win this election. And that would be to come guest host question of the day. And I think that. That would show. We should have him on. It might. It might actually help him. Hey, hang out with like super cool podcasters, James Altucher and Stephen Dubner, or rather, Stephen just Stephen Dubner and some minuscule guy named James Altucher. Fade to black. <laughs> this was fun. We'll hear a clip from the next QOD right after this. Hey everyone, this is Scott Aukerman of Comedy Bang Bang. I want to tell you that Now Hear This is a brand new podcast festival that's happening this fall. Get ready for a weekend of live performances and opportunities to meet your favorite podcasters. Now Hear This will feature podcasting titans like me, Scott Aukerman, doing Comedy Bang Bang Live, in addition to How Did This Get Made, WTF with Mark Marin, with special guest Lauren Lapkus, Brilliant Idiots, and more being announced all the time, including plenty more Earwolf and non-Earwolf favorites. Lock the gate! It's all happening in Anaheim, California, October 28th through the 30th. You'll get Halloween off. Don't worry. Buy your tickets now and get all the details at nowhearthisfest.com. Here's what we have lined up for the next episode of Question of the Day. James Watts and Drew Johnson wrote with um, two separate questions, but they're related enough that I'll pose them to you together. Number one from Drew, is it worth following politics? instead of focusing on other things such as work, family, reading, etc. And, from James Watts, we know U.S. voter turnout is sometimes low, but would the outcome of national or statewide elections be different if everyone voted? So, I'll answer the first one. It is never worth it to follow politics. 